Your mind-blowing marriage starts now! Welcome to the Mind-Blowing Marriage Podcast. Matt and Susie are the most kind, generous, authentic people that walk this planet. In It Together really encourages my wife and me to have the best marriage possible. This week we talk about excuse number four, keeping us from having a mind-blowing marriage. So we started our marriage without fully developed brains. <laughs> well, that explains a lot. It does explain a lot, <laughs> yes. Hello, In It Together friends. It is so good to be sharing and doing this podcast together and to be with you again today. I am so excited about this series. We have been focusing this whole year on having mind-blowing marriages and what are the excuses that interfere with us having a mind-blowing marriage. And so we're on excuse number four today, Mm -hmm. which is what, Matthew? Excuse number four is your children. (laughs) Your kids can interfere. So we understand that uh, we might be getting a little close to home today for some, some people because we have discovered, I think, that the two people, the two things that people don't necessarily want to talk about are marriage and parenting it seems like those are like the thing the spaces that we all say ah stay out of my business a little bit i'll Mm -hmm. figure it out on my own yet they're without a doubt the two most challenging relationships that we have because marriage isn't always easy taking two people and and we're living together doing Mm -hmm. life together and then children aren't always easy because they're constantly evolving mm-hmm. and uh, constantly changing. And we want to be transparent with you. Within our marriage, this has been one of the hardest things to navigate in our marriage. And and we've always shared and talked about like how fun and adventurous and almost supernatural our relationship has been. But when it comes to parenting, this has been one of the most challenging things. So we have two kids two Mm -hmm. girls and they are just phenomenal children we couldn't be more proud of them uh adore them love them but we grew up being parented differently and Mm -hmm. so we came into parenting with different strategies different ideas um yeah and i think the interesting (laughs) thing about our relationship so take this all into account is that during the first several years of our marriage, we had no interest and no plans of having kids. Right. We were pretty sure that we weren't going to have we kids. We just had so much fun being married. We're like, why would we bring that <laughs> into it? Why would we mess this up with <laughs> other people? <laughs> but then five years into our marriage, we decided, no, we really want to experience oh, that together because that's such a... We, we, we were seeing other people experience in it. And we saw the blessing that yeah, was the beauty in having of it. kids and the beauty of the whole experience. And we we definitely thought that that was something God had for us mm-hmm. at that point. So, so what we want to say, though, is this podcast isn't going to be focused on having a child-centric home. That can be a typical approach that some mm-hmm. people would take because we're a marriage podcast. So we really want to encourage couples to find ways to draw closer to one another mm-hmm. through parenting. We don't want to talk about, you know what you're doing wrong as parents we just want to bring you closer together and quite frankly we couldn't tell you because we don't have that posture we're not in your lives so we really just want to help encourage and equip from a marriage standpoint of like how do i draw closer to my spouse 
through parenting instead of it feeling like we're so divided and we couldn't be further apart right now because of parenting. Yeah, that's so true. So as you're listening, don't hear this as a parenting podcast, but a marriage podcast because Mm -hmm. we don't consider ourselves experts on parenting. It's not something that we spend a lot of time researching or focusing on, but we do spend a ton of time researching and focusing on marriage. So Mm -hmm. this is all about how your kids affect your relationship as a couple. So make sure that you have that mindset going into this and, and you can think about this however you need to based on your situation with your children. Some listening have younger kids, some Mm -hmm. have older kids, some have kids who are out of the house, and some of you don't have kids at all. And um, so just take this uh, for wherever your situation is, because I know it's a a close to home one, but I'm telling you, this is a challenge. This is just a a big challenge. When you have kids, there's so many things that take your attention. And honestly, the, the first thing that you're likely going to sacrifice is your relationship with each other because what will happen is you'll say okay well we have children they have certain needs they have a schedule all of that kind of stuff and some some of us have jobs and careers you know and all of these responsibilities so there's certain things that we say okay we have to get these things done we have to go to work right. we have to get our kids to these places so what's the natural thing that's going to go by the wayside dating one another, caring for one another, just having a really vibrant marriage. And uh, I, I posted a, a quote in our marriage boost a couple of months ago, I think that said, um, if you don't focus on your marriage while you have kids in the house, you'll have an empty nest and an empty marriage. Mm, <laughs> down so the line. true. And uh, I, think, I think that's just true because we do hear of couples struggling a lot once their kids are out of the house mm-hmm. because they've put too much focus on them while they're inside the house and they've lost attention to their marriage. Right. So this is a, this is a big one. This is an important one. Yep. It's a little daunting. And we're going to share some personal experience as we go. We are. What? Yeah. Well, we, we are. What? <laughs> we're going to be transparent. I didn't want to be vulnerable this morning. <laughs> Come on, Susie. Oh, to have a good marriage, you got to be vulnerable. <laughs> the first thing that we want to talk about and bring insight to is that kids truly can become a replacement. And this this is really a false perception of trying to fulfill an emotional need. Women, we're so relational. That's kind of like the number one thing about our lives is that we we want we desire connection. And our kids can absolutely take the place of um, our connection to our spouse. But this is really a false perception of that emotional connection. And I want to tell you why. So your kids, their brains aren't fully developed until they're 28. So they couldn't possibly fulfill an emotional need for you. you they know can You know what's funny about that? We got married when, when I, like we were 21 and 23. <laughs> so we started our marriage without fully developed brains. <laughs> well, that explains a lot. It does explain a lot. <laughs> yes. Well, at least we grew together during that. T- at least that's we right. didn't have kids till we were 28. <laughs> that's why we waited till we were That's funny because I think we were 28 we, yes, when we had we were 28. We, when we had kids. Oh my goodness. We were just waiting for our brains to develop. <laughs> Perfect. So the fascinating thing about this is that we don't mind that our kids can take and take and take from us and we'll pour out, pour out, pour out, but yet we won't extend that same grace to our spouse because there's some kind of grudge or hurt because our spouse hasn't 
given us that emotional connection that we're looking for. And we would really encourage you as spouses to take an emotional assessment. We just did this at a date night that we had that's called You Totally Get Me because we all have a few top emotional needs that we want to be fulfilled in our connection to our spouse. And so we just want to call this out for what it is. Like your children are not able to really provide you or fulfill that emotional need that you have like your husband can. And so we just really want you to be aware of it. Sometimes you don't even recognize that you'll give more grace to your kids than you will your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if it, it softens your reality a little bit. So, um, but the scales need to be balanced and you can have equal time to pour into your husband and your kids. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times that comes from a space of thinking, oh, you can handle it. You can handle it if I don't give you the emotional attention yes. uh, that I'm giving my kids because they're they're younger and, and so I have to pick them first and we don't necessarily buy into that. Uh, that emotional needs assessment, what we'll do is we'll throw that in the show notes so you can uh, check that out there and all you have to do is identify your top two and then share that with your spouse and have a conversation because I don't think a lot of couples understand what you know, each other's emotional needs are. Mm-hmm. How could you? I mean, you're guessing unless you actually do some sort of assessment with it. Right. It's very easy. It'll take you about five minutes uh, to do so. Make sure that you check that out. So when kids replace your human need and desire for a relationship instead of your spouse, it's a false and fear-based replacement. So don't be afraid to walk things out with your spouse that are that are broken. Don't hold resentment and don't give up and just kind of recognize today that your emotional need needs to come from your spouse. So there's got to be a way that you guys can navigate that together and really look at it and make sure that your kids aren't a replacement. So through your parenting, your emotional need isn't met through them, but it's met through one another. And we're going to even dive more into that. Can I just share a story that I think is relevant? It depends on if it's embarrassing to me or not. Oh, I think it makes you the hero (laughs) in this story. Then you definitely can share this story. Please do, by all means. Um, Talking about this emotional need from our kids, there was a season with one of our daughters where I was feeling very taken advantage of, very discouraged about just choices that one of our daughters was making. And it just was crushing me and crushing me and crushing me. And Matt and I, we tend to go on these walks. We walk a lot together. We pray a lot together. We put on some miles. We do. We should actually write a marriage book on like the discoveries and the connections we've had based off of our walks alone. (laughs) It would be pretty phenomenal. But we were on this walk and I, I was crying and I was pouring my heart out to Matt about just my my sadness in this relationship with my daughter. And Matt just said, well, he was having a ton of empathy, which is so critical and important in a marriage. And he said, well, do you think that you're basing your identity off of our daughter? And I was like, it was like this light bulb moment for me because everything was so personal. Like I was taking everything so personal and it was killing my joy. It was, I was just feeling sad. I was feeling discouraged. I just couldn't go into my days feeling mentally strong because I was basically trying to get this emotional need met and my identity met through 
this child and it, it Matt just called me out on it and he was like I think you're putting your identity in your child and I was like oh my goodness I that's exactly what I'm doing and the minute I had that light bulb moment my identity cannot be in my children it is going to crush me that was a pivotal moment for me in my parenting and I've never felt closer to Matt because he allowed me to discover something that I really didn't realize that I was doing and so from then on I was able to live out my parenting with this awareness of like nope my identity's not in that choice I'm not going to take that on I'm not going to bear that I'm not going to be embarrassed I'm not going to be ashamed I'm not going to feel discouraged the way that I live out my life is based on my identity in Christ and how I live out my life it's not going to be based off of what someone else gives me Mm -hmm. or what kind of satisfaction I get from a relationship, which is why I also wanted to bring this up during this topic because really nothing should replace that whole piece of who you are. When you have an understanding of your identity and who you are, a lot of other things um, can't get in and wreak havoc than on what the most important things are. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. The other thing that is just not good, not fair about that whole situation, which so many people do, and I think we're all guilty of it on some level, is that that's too big of a burden to be putting on our children. They have enough to worry about about their own identity. So if we're going to burden them with our identity as well, we're going to be stunting them um, because they have enough that they have to worry about and we can free them up um, by not putting all of those pressures of, boy, you got to make mom and dad happy or you got to make mom and dad feel fulfilled. That's not their role in our lives at all. So, And you spoke that so eloquently over me and I will just never forget it. And I I recognize that that was harmful to her and it was harmful to me. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just so grateful for that with you. Well, thanks. Happy to yes. help. Happy to call out your flaws anytime you need me to. You were so gracious about it. All you right. So, so the first thing is just don't allow your kids to become an emotional replacement mm-hmm. for your spouse. Second thing, and this will be the place where I'll probably be a little bit more vulnerable for everybody, is parents that try to please their kids are hurting their marriage. Here's my situation. I grew up with, it was me and my brother. It was just two boys rumbling around in the country. And so my dream, when we decided to have kids, like in my head, the story I painted was daughters. I just wanted daughters so bad because I never got to experience that. And I wanted to have the whole daddy's little girl thing, you know, everything that comes along with that, them sitting on your lap, you know, thinking the world (laughs) of you. We were just talking the other day about when you drive home and when your kids are little and they just run after the vehicle as you're coming in the driveway. All of those things. I'm terrified. You're excited. And so, uh, as fate would have it, we ended up with with daughters. And I think you, I think you, I just willed you, it into being. You, you think? rigged that somehow because <laughs> like, I wanted a little daughters, boy. Daughters, I wanted yes. a little Maddie running around. <laughs> uh, I mean, I obviously have more favor from the Lord <laughs> because true. We got We've established that our whole marriage. <laughs> um, and so, when I had daughters, then my whole focus was okay. It's my job to protect them. It's my job to teach them to be strong like their mom is. It's my job to teach them to be independent for them to understand what it truly means to be loved by a man. And that's all like all that's on my plate. And I was so excited about it. 
And I think the danger that that got me in, all of those motives I think were good, but the danger is then it's really hard to put your foot down. It's really hard to say no. It's really hard to not let your heart lead. Yes. <laughs> you know, as oh opposed gosh. to your head where, you know, good Preach empathy it. is when you have good heart and head working together. Um, me with my daughters, especially early on, but I think still probably to this day, you know, I lead <laughs> much more out of my heart than with my head. And that gets me in trouble sometimes. And the biggest thing that it does is, is I do, I desperately want them to, you know, I, I want such a great relationship with them because I've seen the hurt that girls can have when they don't have a good relationship with their dad. Oh my goodness. And so I'm so I desperately know. wanting, you know, to take that excuse away from them. Like I had a great relationship with my dad, so I don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's no selfishness in that at all. Yeah, but. maybe there's a lot of selfishness <laughs> with it. But but one of our biggest struggles with parenting is that, you know, I struggled to discipline early on. Um, I struggle really to sit back and evaluate the situation before saying yes, because there's definitely a, a piece of me that wants to be the good guy. And I'm not afraid to say that, but that's not good for our marriage because then what that inherently does is it makes Susie have to be the bad guy. And I don't want them to have a bad relationship with their mom so that they can have a good relationship with me. That's not fair to anybody. And that's not really setting a standard of what a good man or a good father should look like either. And so, you know, it's so easy to get things twisted around in our heads, but I, that's going to that's gonna hurt your marriage if yeah. your whole goal is to please your kids. I feel like I was bad cop for the longest time. And I, I sat down with Matt. I was like, do you think that you would parent differently if we had boys. Like, yeah. I just really am so curious. Sure. And I wonder if I would. Like, I wonder if I would, too. If, like, the little boy, I'd be like, aw, little yeah. Joey. Probably. I mean, <laughs> Eddie James. That's what we were going to name our boy if we uh, had a boy. Eddie James. That would have been a sweet name. He'd have been a jazz musician he for totally sure. He totally would have. I, Eddie I, James on the saxophone. Oh, not the saxophone. Eddie James on the skins. No. Bass guitar. <laughs> yes, Eddie bass. James I think on the ba I think upright he's a bass. bass. Upright bass. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> Well, and bass players are hard to find, so I mean, there'd been more work out there for him if he'd have been a bass guitar player. I think sometimes, you know, in light of this too, like when you're trying to please your kids, you can hurt a marriage and you can also hurt others. This is so funny. We had some neighbors at one point that, you know, sometimes you give your kids, when, when you live out of that place where you lead from your heart, you give your kids sometimes things that they're not ready for. And this is, this is a tongue in cheek example. This is so funny, but you know, we had the craziest, most awesome neighbors in our first home that we built. And I crazy can, in like so many great, so ways. many great ways. And, but I can remember thinking, oh, how are we going to navigate this specifically one Easter morning? Um, like our kids got Easter bunny baskets and yeah, like that was, get, that was good with candy us. And maybe <laughs> you a get couple a chocolate of egg or a chocolate bunny yeah, whatever and you can fit bubbles in the and chalk. Like yeah. it wasn't a big deal. And our neighbor's kids across the street got these like ATVs. Like, no, for that, I think they got scooters that year, but it was just a different felt <laughs> Like it was always something. <laughs> it was always something. Anyway, at one point they got ATVs and yes, they weren't ready. They, they weren't ready to have these ATVs. I'm talking these are four Grade to five, kids. four to five years old, like maybe six at the, the highest yeah. level of age. I, I don't mean, know. In their defense, they were like small ATVs. But I don't ATVs care. <laughs> I don't care. So I'm looking at this out our window and I was like, first of all, like, how do we explain this? That the Easter Bunny doesn't <laughs> love them any less. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know, I know that the Easter Bunny only got you an Almond Joy, and he got your neighbors a, a TV. But the Easter Bunny loves you just as much. He does. No, he doesn't. But I think we do. So here's the story of what happened is like these kids just weren't ready for it. We're seeing that now all of the studies and research about kids that have phones mm-hmm. too early of an age. We just get into that like, oh, we love you. We want to give you you know, everything under the sun. We want you to be blessed. We want you to be loved. And again, like Matt shared, it's it's not like the heart isn't wrong, but yet you got to think with your mind too. Because what ended up happening is these ATVs that our neighbors bought, they, the kids didn't really quite know how to operate them. Of course they didn't. They have a five-year-old brain. You know? <laughs> and um, one of the boys ended up hitting our daughter, our youngest daughter, with their ATV. Yeah. They were backing up and they lost control of the vehicle and it knocked our daughter over. Yep. And we had to go and talk with the neighbors. And that was hard. And she was fine. It wasn't like this horrible thing where she got hurt. But she and could She got have. a couple bruises yeah, from it or something. Yeah, scraped up a little bit but for sure. But I, I think, I mean, there there really could have been an issue had we not been in a in the mindset of, mm-hmm. you know, just we're good neighbors. Matt and I are good neighbors. And we're not going to call the cops on our neighbors. We're just mm-hmm. going to go over there and have a conversation. And our neighbors were great and very apologetic. But that's just what we mean. Like when you try to please your kids, like you can also end up hurting other people in the middle of you wanting to be a blessing because they're just not ready. Yeah. And the biggest place where you're going to hurt your marriage through pleasing your kids is if your goal is to please your kids, you're likely going to say yes when you should say no, or you're likely going to say yes without asking your spouse. And that's when we're going to have real yeah, big you gotta issues. have those conversations together. Yeah. In our house, we always say no is a holy word. And, and if I think back to, to my parents who have a great marriage, um, you know, they said no a lot, but I never, I never felt like I was, I, I got left out. I mean, I grew up in a, in definitely like a, a middle-class, um, household and they could afford things, but they often chose not to purchase things that other people mm-hmm. were purchasing their kids. And they were so unified on it and they both did it. And, and I think that went a long way to teaching me some of the values that I have right. in my life. And so the biggest thing is you have to be unified on not pleasing your yep. kids. I think there's two ways to slow down the, the natural longing to just say yes quickly. And the first one is to always be able to say to your kids, you know what? I need to talk to your dad about that first and we'll get back to you sometime this week. So that slows down the natural process of wanting to just say yes right away. It just gives you a little bit of a yes a buffer and there to not like jump into that emotion right away of saying yeah, yes. Give yourself space. You have time even though you don't People always People say feel that like about making do. purchases too. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. Treat it like that. Give yeah. yourself 24 hours or however much time you have. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't have 24 hours, but a great situation that we ran into. The other thing about this pleasing part is know who has the best insight to say yes or no. So we had a situation uh, a little while back where our daughter wanted to go hang out with some friends. I knew that your mom, Susie, was coming to visit. And so I told Macy, Macy, grandma's coming up, so I'm just going to say no right now. And then, but but I said, I, I told her, you know, I'm okay if you want to ask mom or grandma about that. And so it was my job to make sure that I, I honored Susie right. by saying no because I want to honor her mom coming up as well and honoring that time. But then I also didn't, it wasn't a hard no because I knew that if it was okay with Susie and her mom, maybe they had other plans and it was totally fine. And so sure enough, then Macy asked them as well and it was fine with them. And so I was just, I knew that the person to say yes or no to that was not me. And so Mm -hmm. I put in a no 
with a parameter that, you know, it's okay. It could work out. And I so appreciated that. And you considered my feelings and that that made me feel incredibly close to you because you honored that my mom was coming up. So all those little things in life where you can really honor one another in this way through parenting is just so precious and so so very important. The the second thing that I was going to say slows down your process is there are times for me where I just think I think back to when I was growing up and some things that my parents protected me from that I really really wanted at the time but now I look back and I say, "Oh my goodness, I know why." They said no to that. And of course, I'm pressuring them like crazy at the time. But my older self has said, oh, thank goodness. They said no to that. So that will slow down your process too. just try to remember things that your parents said no to. And I know Matt alluded to this a little earlier in the podcast, but try to just know that some things that you say no to now, obviously your kids aren't going to agree with and they're not going to like, but someday they're going to come back and thank you for it because I've done that with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I think our kids will do that with us someday. Oh my goodness, thank you for saying no to that because I understand now why, you know, yeah. you were doing it out of protection. Yes, kids are good at pressuring you too. And oh my they, goodness. they show you those eyes and they, they just plead their case. We've had times when our kids have put together PowerPoint presentations <laughs> for things that they wanted, but it's okay to slow them down and say, all right, need some time to talk to mom. Mom and dad need to talk about this. Um, and then that's going to be healthy for your marriage. So don't get in the business of trying to please your kids because it will not please your spouse. No, it won't. <laughs> it will actually create a lot of challenges in your marriage relationship. Moving on to part three of this beautiful discussion of letting, uh, not letting your kids be an excuse to having a mind-blowing marriage is we just wanted to throw this at you because we thought this was quite fascinating. So to be a parent, like this identified, this defined in the dictionary only describes it as a physical being of a father or a mother. End of story. So like to be a parent, it means that you biologically did the work that it needed to do <laughs> to make a child come into this that's world. That's it. And I kind of think that that's almost happening in our culture in some people's stories right now. We have moms and we have dads. It's a biological relationship. I birthed you. End of story. Um, no, I'm being dramatic. Not really. But sometimes it can feel that way. And to raise kids holds a completely different definition. It requires a lot more discipline and responsibility. It means to take something to the next level, to bring up, to correct, to address, to raise a child. Um, It's this process of promoting and supporting one's physical, emotional, social, and intellectual development from infancy to adulthood. So there it is. So really the third point is that you have to be a true father and a true mother. And if you're just basing things on your biological definition, that's going to affect your marriage because parenting is such an honor and such a deep thing. Um, and it, and it's so beautiful and so, so huge and so daunting at times. But if we don't play that role, if we don't play our God given role as mom and dad, mother and father, uh, that's going to affect 
affect our marriage because if I'm not playing my part as a father for our children, then that's going to be a problem. Same if Susie's not playing her part. And that's going to cause a lot of problems mm -hmm. in your marriage because Susie wasn't meant to be their father. I wasn't meant to be their mother. God put both of us in their lives and we have to play our roles, which is much more than just the biological part of this. This also, I want to make sure that we, we put in here, this really um, applies to blended families because maybe you are in a marriage where you have children that biologically are not yours but when those children are in your household you are their mother or their father whatever right. the situation it's your responsibility to hold that role for that period of time that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're necessarily taking the place of their biological mother or father but while they're with you in your household mm -hmm. That's the role that you have to play. And I know that's not easy. Believe me, I know that that is not easy, but that's who you are at that moment. And if, if you're not playing that role, that's going to cause friction in your marriage. There is nothing more challenging um, than, than the, mm -hmm. the child relationship in a blended family. Right. And my sister is in a blended family and she's spoken this before. She's been on podcasts with us before. Mm -hmm. And you have to figure out with your current spouse, like what are the parameters of that? Like what what do you feel like I can say if this isn't my biological child? Yep. What can I say to your child that you would be like, I feel I felt so supported when you did that, you know, because there are parameters and there are different um, different ways that you have to navigate how you relate to those children. Um, but definitely, yes, like Matt said, we you absolutely still have to have a presence in their life and bring about healthy direction to them. Yeah. Here's where this is going to get a little sketchy for you. Having a great marriage in the midst of having a family takes a ton of humility. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not actually being the father that I was created to be, I need to be humble enough to be called out on it. Because if, I, if I'm not man enough to let Susie call me out on it, who's going to call me out on it? She's the one that's seen how I'm parenting. And so we really have to take a humble approach in our marriage and we have to be okay with our spouse calling us out. Now, that has parameters because we can't just be calling each other out in front of kids. We can't be doing it in the midst of heated situations. We have to set up regular times and we are such advocates for having a, what we call a Sunday session, but just some sort of marriage meeting every single week. So those are the spaces where we can say, Susie, this is what I saw you do. I mean, this is where you were great in our marriage you, this week. You were thriving. This is where you were amazing <laughs> in parenting this week. And then after we you know, build each other up a little bit, then we say, hey, this is where I struggled with you a little bit this week or this is something I saw when you were parenting our kids that I felt like you kind of mailed it in and you could have been better than that. And if we're ready for that conversation, then our heart's going to be in the right place and then we can either dig in more or apologize or a little bit of both. But that, man, that takes a lot of humility because we don't like being called out and, mm -hmm. and told that we're not quite you know, meeting the grade yeah. in our parenting. And it takes time and intentionality. That's what, That's why I love that you said, you know, we take time every week to talk about hey, how did I do in this aspect? What did you see? Where can I grow? And you know, you mentioned something about like, hey, you mailed it in. And there is a lot of that happening in our culture today. I've read articles. I've heard, you know, just even friend testimonies where they're like, I am so exhausted to in with raising my kids. And, and they're like, and I feel ashamed about this, but I'll try to redirect my child's attention so I don't have to have any additional responsibility this week. I'll just hand them my phone or I'll put on a movie or, you know, mm -hmm. I'll see if they can play at a friend's because I'm so exhausted. And so we really want to challenge you. If you find yourself that you're trying to redirect your 
kid's attention and you, you, you don't feel very present in your life, we don't want to make you feel condemnation or shame, but we actually want to ask you, do you think that you could slow down a little bit? Could you slow down your pace of life a little bit? Because you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss these times with your kids and these times to grow with your spouse in learning. I mean, our, this is a this is great learning ground for us as spouses to learn how to love one another. This in this helps our connection. It shouldn't divide us. It should bring us closer together. And the best way to get some time away from your kids, because I get it. You know, we're parents. We get how exhausting it can be. The best thing that you can do is just set up a regular date night mm-hmm. because then that's going to be time away from your kids to focus on your marriage and you're going to get a reprieve from the children yes. and you're going to get some great connection with your spouse. And if you do that regularly, it's going to go so far. But kids challenge that because maybe your date night's Friday night and the kids got something going on on Friday night. Well, you really have to navigate that. Well, you have to be unapologetic about going on dates mm-hmm. with each other. And just like you're going to you're not going to allow your kids to to miss that big game, you're not going to allow your marriage to miss that great date night. Ooh. And that was uh, good, babe. but that's hard and I get that that's easier said than done. And if something's going on with your kids so you can't do the date night on Friday, fine. Just move it to a different mm-hmm. day. You've got to make it happen. Uh, otherwise your marriage will suffer for it. And here's the thing. Let me tell you what's not a date, Susie. <laughs> Going to your kid's soccer game, not a date. Going to your kid's recital, that's not a date. Going to your kid's dance thing, that's not a date. Mm-mm. You should do that. That's great parenting. Support your kids 100%. That's one thing I loved about my parents. They were at everything I ever did, but not I never once confused that for a date. (laughs) You know, that is not a date. That's not focused time on one another. Actually plan separate dates. Mm -hmm. So in conclusion, you guys just be aware of, of the things that we talked about today, that kids can become a replacement. They, they shouldn't meet that emotional need for you. Um, parents that try to please their kids that can hurt your marriage as well and then just remember that you're raising your kids together like you're not just a biological parent you get to be in this you get to be really present raising your kids together and that ought to bring you closer together not divide you by any way or means it just yeah, because bring when you I together see Susie like when she pulls off an amazing parenting feet like it's just super attractive and super wonderful and it just makes me feel closer to her because I know she's valuing our family and oh sure and can I just tell you it means the world to me and you have been doing this frequently for months now where you're like hey you handled that so amazingly great job like you just say it and I just so appreciate that that's so great yeah so in conclusion you guys we get to be parents it's this blessing um and and the bottom line is is when you parent together you will feel closer to one another so if i'm not trying to tackle an issue by myself or play bad cop or good cop it doesn't lead to bitterness or resentment um we just we just know without a doubt that when you parent together you feel closer together and um, it will be a tool that strengthens your marriage yep so do not sacrifice your marriage for the sake of your children make sure that your marriage continues to be as healthy as it ever ever could be even having children and we know that that's a challenge because your kids take a ton of attention and a ton of time but if you allow that to trump your marriage you're definitely going to end up with an empty nest and an empty marriage thanks for listening 
You can be for better, and I'll be for worse. No matter what comes at us, you'll always be first. Oh, nothing and no one. Join us next time when we discuss excuse number five keeping us from having a mind-blowing marriage.